Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another long-awaited or two-week edition of Conversations with Shelby Green. I am your host, the main man, Shelby Green. Excuse me, quick. Swig of LA uh, ginger ale for the working man. Ah, that's good, right? That's good ginger ale, bub. Really good ginger ale. Get that out of a glass bottle. Don't get it out of a can. Anyway, so what happened? So I had a good theme going on with the, the podcast. I dropped an episode, got back in the field and everything else. Then I had recorded previously earlier. And basically what happened was I sent, the, sent it to my editor and it got delayed, delayed, delayed. By the time the episode wanted to be posted, it was going to be maybe be like a week or a week and a half behind. I just didn't feel like it. So starting fresh today, whatever. So let's just talk about basic things, what's going on with the podcast, updates on life. That ginger ale, I just can't get enough of. So, basically, what we're going to do is, I got a lot of movies coming out. We got the Cheaper Scrooge Reborn remake, which, uh, reboot, reborn, or whatever they're called. Jerry Scrooge Reborn, excuse me, it's coming out, and I am so not looking forward to watching that, because I've seen a lot of early reviews on it. Um, we've got the Monsters movie coming out, I got a review. we got Halloween Ends coming out here in less than a month, and I will... Gonna do a whole episode episode provide to the Halloween franchise with the whole review of ends and with the ranking of the franchise of where Halloween ends falls into that category. And then I am gonna review, do a whole episode the following week on the state of the Halloween franchise. Where does it go from here? So that's a preview. Also, always we're gonna talk about pro wrestling, like always. We're gonna talk about the world of pro wrestling with AEW and WWE, what's going on with that this week. We're gonna talk a little bit about the Dahmer series. That everybody is going crazy about on Netflix, uh, House of Dragon. We're talking about Lord of the Rings. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Some video games coming out too, as well. So this week, let's just do a casual conversation. So basically, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the quarterback situation. Anybody knows me knows I'm a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I will be honest with you, I've seen enough of Mitchell Trubisky. I've seen enough of it. Time for Kenny Pickett to come in the fold and start. I think Kenny Pickett will be a welcome addition. Plus, everybody wants, you know, Kenny to play. He played at Pittsburgh. He, you know, he basically, he's, they saw him a hometown kid. He's from Ohio, but he played four or five years at Pittsburgh. So, I mean, the guy can play. And I think we need to throw him in there and let him do some things. We got, you know, you got wide outs like Deontay Johnson, Clay, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Pat Fadabouf, and you got Najee Harris behind you. I mean, I just think Mitch is – He's too conservative with the ball. He's he doesn't want to turn the ball over. He's he can't even game manage. I I watched the uh, Cleveland Browns at the Cleveland Browns almost episode the Cleveland Browns game, and I watched Cleveland. You know everybody's talking about the Steelers defense giving up a hundred yards rushing. Well, they're going to give up yards rushing when you're on the field constantly because your offense can't produce. I mean it's just it is what it is. I mean you know I and also another thing. I'm sick and tired of Matt Candy, our offensive coordinator. I'm sick and tired of him. You know, I watched the, the there's there was a three plays in a row with Najee Harris ran the ball for four yards, five yards, and an eight yard run. You know what the fourth play on that after that was? He threw a behind the line screen pass, and George Pickens lost four yards. I'm tired. I've seen slants and screen passes the last three years with Big Ben, who stayed two years too long, and this. Enough is enough. If the Steelers don't make the playoffs, which if they don't beat the Jets this next weekend coming up, they're going. They got Tampa, Buffalo, Philly, and Miami. I don't know in order, but those are their next four games. They can easily be two and four, or two and six, excuse me. 
So we they gotta figure this out. Tomlin, I love me some Mike Tom Tomlin. I think he's one of the best coaches in the National uh, Football League. But I just believe in my I just believe we need a quarterback change. I think it's time. Please put Kenny Pickett there. And TJ Watt, get healthy soon, brother. And I'll be honest with you, TJ Watt, and I'm going to say this, and this might piss some Steeler fans off, and I really mean this. If the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, sorry, if TJ Watt can't be on the field for the next two years with injuries, you either buy him out and let him go, or you trade him. The guy's making too much money to be on the field. I love TJ. He plays his ass. When he's on the field, we are a different team. But let's be honest. Let's just be honest. You gotta be on the field to play, and the, the Watts are kind of cursed. Outside of Derek, Derek someone hasn't been injured, and I say that jokingly. It's just you teach him he's gonna feel it. By the way, Mika Fitzpatrick has played like every money he's played. Mika's played his ass off this year. Hell, he won us the Bengals game. Plain and simple. So, enough of Steelers football. Let's talk about Louisville. Let's talk about Louisville, Louisville Cardinals football and basketball. Let's talk about football first. We say the best for last around here when it comes to Louisville Cardinals because it is a basketball school. Cheers. So, obviously, Louisville football is 2-2. Two and two. They beat South Florida this past weekend. And Scott Scatterfield, I will say this, I think he's a good offensive coordinator. I think he, he has some good ideas. My problem is his play call in certain times and crunch times of games or certain areas of the game. I'm like, dude, why? He gets too cute, I feel like. You know, he wants to do a lot of read options on the goal line and the ball gets loose. Or he wants to do stuff where... It'd be fourth and it'd be third and four. And he'll try to do a quick slam pass instead, try to take a shot, or he'll do. It's just a lot of things. I don't understand. And also, little fans, help me out with this. You ever realize when Shirefield has Malik Malik Cunningham out quarterback throw passes, they're the side to side, or they're they're hardly ever over the middle. Like the the middle of the field's always open up. I don't understand why he goes to sideline to sideline. Why can't we go up the middle every once in a while? Maybe I'm just looking at a different a different angle, but. The, the middle of the field is always wide open in his playbooks. But I will say this. I do love our group of running backs. we got some great running backs with Cooley and that crew of guys. As I turn my ringer off on my cell phone. But I do like a lot of that. I like a lot of what um, – I like the classes got coming in next year. I really believe they got a chance in a couple weeks to be 4-2 and two walking into pit on October 22nd, that Saturday. And that's going to be a big weekend for Louisville Sports, as I'm about to talk about. But I'm going to say this, and this might piss a lot of little fans off the last time about Satterfield. Satterfield deserves the right to coach that class. He is him and his staff recruited. Now, I agree about the the whole, you know, the whole defensive coordinator debacle. I'm I'm on board with that, too. I also believe that our first unit is great, as best as anybody's in the country. We're just not deep enough. Our guys get tired. Our front seven, y'all, I hate to say it, our front seven is pretty damn good. And I think Louisville fans are so – Louisville fans used to be very educated. We used to be very educated about things. And I say we because I'm part of this fan base. We, I know we've been through a lot, man. We've been through a lot since 2015. I know. It's been, t- it's only, you know, we've been through a lot. But we have got to start being positive. We have got to be start being positive. We've got to quit being negative. Because recruit, recruits see this shit. They see us being negative to each other. We, we see us back and forth. Duh, 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 duh. And I won't get this out here right here right now. If y'all fire, if we... Somehow, somewhere, Satterfield doesn't get an extension or he goes somewhere else or they fire him, which I, I think they will give him an extension this year. Here's what I don't understand. This is what I don't get. And this is what I don't understand. What is the big deal about Jeff Brom? Can somebody please point to me what the fuck is the big deal about Jeff Brom? Because I have not, for once, for once, seen 
the thing. Out, he's beat Ohio State. He's won a couple nine-win seasons. Good. Good for Jeff Brom. But we can do better. I watched him here tonight against Syracuse. Pissed that game away. He's pissed the Penn State game away. Well, he's getting guys up there in West Lafayette, Indiana. He's got, he would have better resources on, on at Louisville and everything else. Shut the hell up. We can get better than Jeff Brom. I like Satterfield. I think he, I, th- I like him as a person. I think he's a good dude. I think he. I wish he was a little bit more enthusiastic on the sidelines. But I'm I'm just a fan. I'm not a football coach. I'm more of a basketball guy anyway. I love foot. Like I love Louisville football. But it doesn't hurt the same as Louisville basketball to me as a loss. Like I'm a big Louisville football fan, but I, it just it's just it's just we're a basketball school. I love to be a football school too. I mean, but I like I just I like the old I'm I'm old I'm a, I'm an old head when it comes to Louisville sports. I, I'm always representing Louisville football, especially players in the NFL. You know I'm a Steelers fan, but I love me some Lamar Jackson still, and I get a lot of shit for that too. But I always say I am a Louisville fan first, Steelers fan second, and if anybody. Out there in Steeler Nation has a problem with that? Come at me. My Twitter's I'm easy to find on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. I am not that hard to find. Anyway, but I think Saffold deserves the right to coach that class. I'm with Bob Valvano on that. Um, I think you know we shouldn't. We pissed away the Florida State game. I was down there that night. By the way, I was down there. That was the most electric I've been in Cardinal Stadium in years. And I wouldn't make. Maybe this is my fault because I got a losing record when I go to Cardinal Stadium. I think. Louisville's only won twice. Yeah, I've been to Cardinal Stadium. I went and saw him play Miami during COVID. Middle Tennessee State after um, Petrino left, and we had to deal with that bullshit. So Middle Tennessee State, Miami game. No, Florida, I seen Florida State twice when Petrino got, got us beat. That was year we went two and whatever. One, two. I've been in the Cardinal Stadium. I was up there for the Kentucky game, too, last year. God almighty. I've been there six times. We're two and four meeting there. So maybe I just need to ban myself. <laughs> maybe I just need to ban myself, y'all. Yeah, maybe it is, but I like Clarkson. I like the guys that got coming in. I love Owens, that running back we got. And I like some of the defensive guys we got. Abdul's been a beast all year. Darby, I think Abdul and Darby are first-round picks. I think Clark needs to show up, but I think we're, we're just not. I think I think Dad pointed out Clark and Duncan. I think that the Florida State game played every possession of, of on defense that or at least ninety percent of the snaps on defense. That's a lot, man. You're asking how your secondary plus Florida State's our corners are small. I think we need some bigger guys in the secondary, and I think they're gonna they'll make a pitch for that. We need some big athletic guys back there. We need a hard hitting safety. We ain't had a hard hitting safety since Kyler Pryor. We need somebody like that. Maybe I'm wrong, but whatever. But overall, unless Louisville loses every game out there, I don't see Stafford getting fired. I think they can – I still see them – I think they can beat Pitt. I think they can beat Wake Forest. They've got two games back-to-back at home. And I am rooting, but I think going to Clemson is going to be hard. It's always hard to win down our Death Valley. I'm still thinking about the Lamar Jackson game. Spot a ball with quick. I mean, that that's one – outside that in 2009, Michigan State for basketball, those are the two worst losses I've ever had as a Louisville fan. And they, they still hurt me to this day. <laughs> I, I, it's kind of funny of all the success that this Louisville football program has had and all the mad, 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 massive success the basketball program has had. You always remember the, the losses more than the wins. <sighs> God. But yeah, like I said, I think they can go, they can be four and two going. They should beat BC by at least two touchdowns. BC's horrible. I think they should win that game. I'm going to pull the, I can't, I'm, my memory skips. I've been so. I 
um, I've been so busy with like my stepson's baseball games. Like I didn't watch South Florida game live. I had to come home and watch it because I had a baseball game that that morning earlier that morning with my my stepson. So I've been very busy with that. Oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Pull the schedule up. I like. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, they got Virginia. They got they got at BC and at Virginia. I think at Virginia will give us a little bit of problems. That you know, they're two and two as well, like us. They're not scoring a lot of points, so I think we should be okay. But we'll see. I mean, their defense is just a tad. They're fifty second in yards allowed. We're fifty third, so that makes me feel really good <laughs> as I laugh about that. But I think you know, I look at this. You know, they went down to Central Florida and got a you know got a hard fart win, and then they went to uh, you know they lost dropped the game against Florida State. If you really look at it, the two little losses on paper aren't bad. We lost to two teams that are three are three and zero apiece. So I mean, that's it, not bad, I don't think. So yeah. Oh, um, okay. So let's pull up. Now let's. I mentioned earlier. I just mentioned about maybe a couple minutes ago about that's a big weekend with Pitt coming to town on October twenty second. I'll tell you why. Because Friday night. It's Louisville Live, baby. First time I'm going to be able to go to Louisville Live, and I am ecstatic. I am ecstatic for that because I really believe that this year, like I tweeted out on my Twitter, at Sh- uh, I'm going to pull my Twitter so you guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm going to post this on my Twitter account too when this episode posts as well. At Shelbo, it's Shelbo, S H L B O. 0310, three national championships, 10 final fours, because it did happen. You can kiss my ass if you don't agree with me on that, because it did happen. Uh, here's my pinned tweet on my profile. The first thing you'll see, you can make all the predictions you want. This upcoming Louisville basketball team will surprise everyone. Remember this tweet, believe in the cards, or get the step in. Hashtag go cards. I believe it. I'm, I am a huge, huge component of this Louisville team. I believe in Coach Payne and Coach Nolan Smith. And the and David Mann and Dawson, I'm I'm huge. Justin Perez is our basketball uh, believer in our director. The reason why I also am so high, Josh Harrell is our our athletic director. I, I believe in him, man. I think he he is he's better than Tyra, and I mean that. I think he is all board of making Louisville athletics what they are. I think he wants to bring back the promise line because he realizes. You know, we had President Neely or whatever her name was. You know, she was more of a academics are the reason you go to college. Well, they don't pay the bills, sister. The the <laughs> the sports do. Let's just be one hundred about that. And it's a fact. I also believe that this team this year. You know, everybody's saying you know, oh, Marble Mouth. Um, John, what's his name? John Goodman got he don't he used to work for ESPN. I think he works for Stadium now. When they, you know, everybody was talking about the Louisville Kentucky game got scheduled, and he made a comment. He goes, um, "Have you seen Louisville's roster?" I mean, every one of them were top 100 players in NCAA. I mean, I, you know, I really believe. I think everybody talks a big, you know, ordeal about, you know, our guards. We don't have guards. You guys don't remember what Denny Crum used to do. I'm a historian. See, my dad, I'm a second-generation Louisville fan. My dad taught me everything about this, about that proud university and that proud team and that proud city, which I love. I love the 502 as a blower to kiss. You know, I look at, you know, everything that that roster is. Denny Crum used to play 6'5", what was it, 6'4", to 6'8", 6'5", to 6'9". I think the first guy he recruited a little bit was over 6'10", was Purvis. Purvis Ellison. And there's debate if he was really 6'10". He's more like 6'9 and a half, probably. 
what he wants to do, what he's going to do the same thing. He's going to want to play up tempo and fast. Then he, he, you know, that's what Kenny Payne's going to play up tempo and fast with Louisville. He's going to play multiple. He's going to play position as basketball. There's going to be a lot of ball handlers. They're, what they're going to do is they're going to isolate the wing, and Jalen Withers is going to be the three that I thought he was coming out of, coming out of Shaker Heights in Cleveland, Ohio. He's going to come in there, and he's going to get the ball in the wing. They're going to go one-on-one isolation, or he's going to, or they're going to switch off and put guards underneath him. He's going to post guards up. He's going to go to work, or he's going to spot up in the corner and knock down threes. J- Jalen Withers has taken more shit from the local basketball community in the last two years from everybody because – there was a lot of hype about him because Shaker Heights in Cleveland and that area, man. It's, anybody like that, so you come out of Shaker Heights playing uh, high school basketball, you're somebody. I'm telling you right now, you know, we're talking about I'm a big fan of Curry and Eli. I think they're going to they're gonna be great together. I think Huntley is a walking double-double. I think he can because I think that can happen. I think Mike James off the bounce is going to be impressive if he's fully cleared. I also think Kamari Lanes as a freshman is going to come over here and get some buckets. I think Devin Reeves is going to spot as a spot up three-point guy and he has long length which you can use in half court trap sets. And I also am a big fan of Rose. I think Rose is an old school big who's got good, he's got really good hands. If you watch, I watched him play a lot last year when he played when Mac actually put him in the game. When he played, he has really good hands. Really 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 good hands. And I think you can run some high lows with him, with Withers and these other guys. But I will say this about Jalen Withers. He is a three. He is a small forward. He has had to play the center position, and he has had to play that majority of the last two years he's been at Louisville. Now, last year he played because of Malik, and he brought some bigs in. But you got to think, when Malik got hurt his freshman year, he had to play the five. We didn't have a backup five. And that was Max. Like, Mac wanted to go out there for some reason – and I don't understand. He wanted to go out and rebuild Louisville with these, you know, these low 100 recruits. And I'm like, I'm sitting there going, like, you got to develop these guys. If you can develop them, that's fine. Rick Patino was a master of that. Rick was a, you know, I say what you want to say about Rick. There ain't nobody better in college basketball history than developing guys than Rick Patino. Let's just be 100. Motivator, everything. Rick developed guys. And you were going to be in shape, too. You guys paint Stephen Russ Smith about that, the greatest backcourt I've ever seen in my lifetime. I don't know about Louisville all the time. I mean, Dad's talking about Milt Wagner and that crew, guys. You know, we're going to talk about Milt here in a little bit. And uh, I think – I just think Louisville is in a position where we are – we got a fresh start with a guy that can go out there and recruit and everything else. And there's some guys like there's that, that, that dumbass, that Nolan and Smith are frauds Twitter account that follows me. I don't know why. Hey, if you hear this, dude, I don't like you. You can unfollow me or block me because I will just mute you. Or you can mute me because that bring Brom home guys a jackass. I guess you want to be part of that crew too because you stand accounts I can't stand. Like go on somewhere, go hide in the corner, go eat, go eat some lasagna or macaroni and cheese and just leave me alone. Leave us Louisville fans alone. They're positive and they're are good willing. And, you know, little, I saw some Louisville fans on Twitter because, you know, the, you know Kenny, Kenny got Huntley, Devin Reese, and Fabio. Those are the three guys he brought into Louisville with him. Do people remember that Brandon Huntley was a top five player in the country coming out of high school his senior year? He was a McDonald's All-American. Like, do you guys not realize what he is? Do you not realize that this man literally and figuratively really didn't get a lot of time in Tennessee? And when he did play, he produced really well. And he could stretch the floor out. He's a good rebounding big. And he could, he could stretch out a little the perimeter too. I'm telling you guys, man, this that was a big. And keeping Kamari was big too, even though he's a, he was a Mac recruit. But let me tell you something right here and right now. Devin Reeves is going to be one of those guys. He might not play this year. 
But when he gets on the floor, he's going to make something happen. He's going to be able to stretch the perimeter. He's going to, he's a knockdown. He's a sniper from deep. Now, he's got to put a little weight on with his frame and stuff, and that will come with time. But, man, he can stretch the floor out. And I really like what he can do. Also, let's talk about Fabio Brazil. If I say his name wrong, I apologize. Uh, wrong, I apologize. He's a three-star recruit. He was a four-star, and he's a three-star here. Blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. Six, four to five point guards don't come often with that length. And I mean this. Nolan Smith, Kenny Payne, and that crew would not recruit these guys. And Mike James would not stuck his neck out for this guy if he didn't think he could play. That kid's going to come in and contribute. And I expect him with his length, his defense, he's going to be able to guard guys. Now, I do worry about his frame and stuff and him building, getting weight on, but you got to look at this kid, man. He, he's athletic as shit. He's good off the bounce. He can stretch. The, he can shoot, obviously. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he can do. And I really believe that that's going to be great. Now, here's my starting five predictions. Eli will run. You know, Eli will run the, 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 the point. I think the two spot, which is two guard, Mike James or Kamari Lanes, either way. The wing is Jalen Withers, hands down. Power forward, we're going to go Huntley, and center will be Curry. I think the backups, the backups where you get tricky because Kamari's probably going to be the first guy off the bench or Rose, either one of those guys, I think. Now, here's a guy nobody's talking about on this team. Now, Hersey Miller, masterpiece son, make him say, uh, I apologize if I butchered that. But – I think he – there's a reason why nobody – you know, they didn't really push more guards because this kid I think can play, and I think he's going to play a little bit. Also, I will say this too. The, the guy I was talking about, nobody's speaking about. Why is nobody talking about J.J. Trainer? Why is nobody talking about him? Another guy has been playing out of position. Dad said it best when he searched all trainer. He says he's just like his dad. Look at his frame. He's built just like his dad. Jason Osborne for Louisville folks to know. He goes, the guy's a guard, or he's a, either a two guard or a wing. He's not a forward. Unless he puts some weight on, he's got to put some weight on. Now, it's hard. Sometimes guys are just, you know, guys with that frame just don't put weight on and, and, until they get in their mid-20s. And I look at this kid, and I go, man, he's a wing. And there are certain times in games where his defensive paralysis and everything else, he can block shots, and he can, he's can he got a beautiful jump shot. I remember who was tweeting it. I think it was – I can't remember who was tweeting it last year because I've had two different Twitter accounts. This is my third one. I, I deactivated the other one last year. I had deactivated because the spam accounts, that the, the, the mid-major math accounts, and all this other shit I was seeing. I, just, I had to get off Twitter for a little while. It, just, it was just too much. And seeing – you know, I look at Trainer, I go, this, he's better than zero minutes. He's a kid that needs to play. I think he comes off the bench in moments. He might, he might develop. Maybe he can develop underneath Payne. Maybe they see what they can see in him. I'm just really excited. Like Milt said the other day, at first pitch, he said, "Well, I'm, we're going to surprise a lot of people. We're going to play fast. We're going to be big. We're going to be long." He, you know, I'm, I am ecstatic, man. And I like that we haven't. It's not. And here's another thing. Everybody was tripping about. We didn't get these guys. This guy. This guy. This guy in the, the transfer portal. You got to realize, guys. Nine times out of ten, that transfer portal only works. If you can get sophomores and juniors, it, you can't do it with seniors every year. You got like it, or graduate transfers. You just can't do it. You have to bring in certain guys. You have to you have to bring in freshmen. You've got to bring in, or maybe the JUCO JUCO level ain't bad either. Bad idea. But JUCO level is better than transport, in my opinion. I just love and love and love what Kenny Payne did. He said, "We're not going to bank on the transfer portal. We're not going to bank on that." 
We're going to recruit freshmen. That's what it's going to be. And the whole NIL don't. Well, Canada won't spend money in NIL. You dumbasses don't understand what he's saying. He basically said that he is going to – he will use – you're not going to come in and ask about the NIL off way. If you want – if you're a serious interest in Louisville, then guess what? It's going to happen. You can come find out their NIL farm because – let me tell you something. That city, there's plenty of money in the state to make in that city to make money. T-shirts, you can get sponsor deals with, with food and everything else, man. Those kids will have plenty of time. And plus, you if you make it here in Louisville, that that city and community, trust me, I know. You can walk, you can be a guy that rode the bench for four years at Louisville. As long as you were remember of a good memory of that the memories of those teams and everything else, your family down there, man. Trust me. I seen Robbie Valentine walk in everywhere, do what he wants to do and shit. Like Robbie Valentine was a, a three or four year guy at Louisville, played a little bit, but wasn't really a full potential guy. If I'm mistaken, if I'm wrong, I apologize. But come on, man, let's be honest. Yeah. Now let's talk about Milt Wagner. Why I wasn't talking about Milt? There's this whole buzz about DJ Wagner, the number one player in the class of 2023. He is the number one player in the country. These one tips and one oh, these one three tip tip them whatever it is or whatever those fucking I pay attention to rivals and ESPN rankings. I don't pay attention to anything else. The man is a number one number one player in the class, and everybody is freaking out that we lost leverage on. We're not going to get him. He's going to Kentucky. Let me tell you something. You really think Kenny Payne brought Milt Wagner in for a reason? You know what Milt's going to do. Milt is one of the greatest college guards ever to play. He's one of the best. He's maybe, when it comes to Louisville Mount Rushmore's, when it comes to winning, Milt is on that mountain roll when it comes to winning. Look at his four years at Louisville. Go look it up. Four or five years. I think he set out a year because he broke his hand. But you look at Milt's record and his wins and the games he was big in and just everything. Come on now. Look at that. You don't think DJ is – it's going to come down to Louisville, Kentucky. It is. Memphis, Nova, all these other schools that are talking about – the only two schools everybody talking about is Memphis and Kentucky. And DJ probably doesn't want to make his mind up. He wants to take his time. That's the problem with you kids. You guys want to take whatever. And I did look on a DJ's um, Twitter account. And he actually, uh, he, I think he took a lot of his posts down. He took his posts down on his Twitter account. So, I mean, his Instagram account, excuse me. But let's be honest, guys. If anybody, everybody says Bradshaw's the key to this. I think it doesn't matter where Bradshaw goes. Because he's got, there's a day, it's going to be a month before Bradshaw announces his commitment. And we're in that hunt. Trust me, he might, there's plenty of time for us to get another visit with him. I say this, that Johnson, the kid, the Arab, now the kid I've been looking at, this Isaiah Miranda kid, this seven-footer I see that was on visit a couple weeks ago. I really like this kid and his mobility. I like it a lot. I like his mobility a lot. But DJ and AJ, everybody wants that kid out of California. And you know what? You know, everybody talks about A.J. Johnson. He's a six. He's a six-six point guard. He's long and athletic. You get him and D.J. Wagner in that backcourt to come in. <laughs> now, we'll talk about this. I am a big fan of Caleb Glenn. Big fan of Caleb Glenn. He is a 502 guy. Curtis Williams. I was at the Florida State game when he was down there, and I saw Glenn down there. I said, I told Dad, I said, we're going to get Williams. We're going to get him. He'll he'll commit to us. And Dad said, hell, Florida State and Providence wins. Give me those guys all day long because those wings play hard. And you, you need guys like that. You can play one. They're saying guard one through four and everything else. He's a good ball handler. I'm excited to see what he can do, man. And Curtis can play. I've seen some. Everybody's been reading about it. He's, he's one of those guys in the class nobody talks about, but he's a good addition. Addition to Louisville. You get those two guys. You keep those. You keep, you know, Clinton Williams or 
you know, pretty much locks. You get Wagner, you get AJ, and you get either Miranda or Bradshaw. You get, I really want a DJ and AJ as a package. You get, so you keep those guys in, and you have the choice between Miranda and Bradshaw. If we can get either one of those guys, how can you argue says a top three class in the country? Hell, what if Kenny Payne was able to land both? We get that six, you tell me that six man class ain't a better class in the country coming into that? I'm telling you guys, just trust the process. Because I really I can see this little team going early in the season and shocking a lot of people in the Maui, and they can fall off in the middle of the year. But by March, they're ready. They're going to be in trade. They're going and plus the vibes different down there, guys. You know, you got you got Patino guys down there. You got Crumb guys down there working. You got some Matt guys that are there. I'm sorry, there are Matt guys. You know, but let's be honest. There's a lot of guys there that you know. You look at this. You look at this program. You look at them. The University of Louisville is. It's an up. It's it's things are gonna swing back, guys. You just gotta be positive. I really believe in my heart of heart that in about you know, I don't know what they're gonna do this year. I think they're gonna be very competitive. I tell you right now, they're gonna lose by 20, 30 points like they were last year. They're gonna make the NCAA tournament. They will make the tournament. And they might play in the second week in the Sweet 16. Do they get past that? We gotta see how they develop. But I'm the biggest supporter of those guys. I can't wait to go to Louisville Live. And I'm taking me, my father. My girlfriend and my stepson are going. It's my girlfriend and my stepson's first visit to the University of Louisville. So, I mean, their first interaction with that. So, I'm excited to take him and show him what the fan experience is about. I even got my stepson thrown up in L's right now. So, he's very, very, very positive about things. So, I'm very, very happy. Yeah. He's also, his family's from Russell Springs, Kentucky. So, I'm trying to make sure that they're on the good side. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. But overall... That's all I got to talk about, really, about Louisville. I just, just be patient, guys, and trust the process of things, plain and simple. Now, we'll let you know about this upcoming. Well, I, I gave you a preview of what we were talking about with movie reviews and stuff. Um, talk about video games because I do play some video games. And by the way, I'm going to post this. This is a free-for-all podcast. I'm talking about everything. I can, I can, Everything but religion and politics is free game on the show. It, there's nothing more. By the way, I will say this. if the Marcus Maben and that crew of guys – Keep it the good work, Marcus. I love your show, by the way. Oh, that ginger ale went down the wrong hole. <coughs> Excuse me. But video game-wise, I've been playing a lot of 2K. Been playing a lot of 2K. Oh, just saw this on my Facebook. It's a look at Halloween ends. Final trailer will be released tomorrow. I'll be talking about that next week for sure on the podcast. So, I obviously believe in my heart of heart that we are going to get... You know, the, with video games coming out, we got a lot of remasters. The Last of Us Part 1 just came out. And I will believe that everybody is saying, you're going to play it. Because I'm a big fan of the, the first one. I really like the second one. I was reading some other reviews. And a guy on YouTube I follow, his name is Cody Leach. He did a review on it. And he said basically that um, it's the same game. They update a lot of things. But it's a great time. But it's just not worth $70. So I'll wait for it to go down PlayStation Plus, And I'll probably do a review on it. But... 2K I've been playing, excuse me, and I'll be honest with you, it's probably the best one they've done in a long time. Now, I will say the defensive laps like they have sometimes, unless I'm horrible on defense, aren't the best, but the my eras where you can go back in time and change things up. The Jordan Challenge thing, I was really looking forward to it. Then I saw the 93 thing. They didn't have the Barkley Phoenix Suns team, so Barkley's not in 2K, and then Reggie Miller for the Pacers is an insult. It's just like, I know Barkley and Reggie's gripe with it, but can we make this happen? How can you have a basketball game without fucking Charles Barkley and Reggie Miller. They're both in the top 75, and Charles won a fucking MVP. Pardon my language. I just get a little hot about that. Also, by the way, I will let you know this right here, right now, when 
if that college football game comes out in 2023 in July, which I think it's going, it, everything looks like it's going, I will make this real clear to everybody. If we can get a college basketball, 2K, listen to me. I need a college basketball game. Can we bring those back? Would you give me college football, college basketball, and fucking fight night, and I'm set for life. I'm good. I'm good on games. I also need a Def Jam Fight for New York remaster, too, by the way. We could put new new remaster of that, too. That'd be awesome. But, yeah, guys, it, it's, um like, seriously. But video game-wise, I got the Gotham Knights game coming out. I'm going to review that with you guys. Definitely, when that Texas Chainsaw Master game comes out, I'm going to review that. Um, I've been playing the new. I've been playing Dead by Daylight a little bit, having some fun with that. But there really hasn't been a new game that's came out that has grasped my attention to play. Now, a Resident Evil Four remake that comes out in March of next year, I believe. I'm probably going to take two or three days to play that because that is one of my favorite. Resident Evil is probably my overall favorite game franchise outside of like a sports game because I'm more of a sports game and story than uh, like a sports game type of guy. And pro wrestling games are my thing, but. I've always loved Resident Evil. Resident Evil's always been good. God of War's always been good. Oh, that's right. Ragnarok come out. I'm definitely playing that because I'm a big, everybody knows me knows I'm big in Viking culture and having Thor finally, we're getting a Ragnarok story. So that's awesome. So there's a lot of stuff I'm going to do. This is one week you'll get a movie review. Maybe some days you might get an extra, one week you might get an extra review in the middle of the week where it's like, hey, I'm going to do a 20 minute review on um, video games is going to drop tomorrow or something like that. You know, it just you never know what's going to happen. I'm just trying to make it as much work because honestly, this is basically a part time job doing a podcast. I've had a lot of ups and downs with it, but I've, I've enjoyed it. Now, let's talk some pro wrestling. This is outside of Louisville basketball and horror films, this is the and Louisville sports in general. This is the most passionate thing I am passionate about outside of my family, Louisville basketball, and like I said, um. And horror movies, this is my thing. I am passionate about pro wrestling. I've been to multiple shows. I've been to multiple AEW shows. Let's talk about WWE and the, the state that it's in. we got Saudi Arabia coming up with Crown Jewel. And the main event is Logan Paul, Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns for the Undisputed WWE World Championships. And I will be honest with you, I like it. Say so what you want to say about Logan Paul. The guy is a draw. He gets attention. I think a lot of people are going to be rooting for Logan Paul in this because they like what he's doing. And he and I've watched his interviews with Triple H and Roman. The guy's a fan of this. He is into this. He is into this. He loves what he does. There's just something about it. And he's one of those slip because when you know when wrestling fans like me, when you see celebrities get involved, you're like, all right, they really, they're really about this. Are they really going to get into this? So I think. It's a. It's awesome to see him get involved with this. I think it's awesome that we're going to get to see this. Also, I will say this. Seeing my boy Braun Strowman back on SmackDown makes me know him and Roman will be fighting down the line. I think post-Survivor Series we'll see that happen. Maybe around the Royal Rumble time. I will also say that um, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the White Rabbit thing in a minute because I'm going to go. I'm a, You know how I feel. If anybody knows me personally, you know where I'm going with that. I will say this, though. If they're going to take the belts off Roman Reigns... Before Mania, here's the thing: is do you lose? Do you make him lose to anyone but Cody right now? Does it make logical sense? I think carrying Cross in a situation where Cross can get a, if it's a quick finish and he dominates Roman in a way where Roman is hurt and Roman chokes out, and people say, "Well, he can pat, he can choke Roman out. Roman can pass out." No. If you're going to end an historical reign like that, you need to have a flat finish, in the, not a flat finish, but a clean finish in the middle of the ring, one, two, three. 
And that's how the title ruins. You need to have somebody beat, in my opinion, you have to have someone beat him and to get that massive pop. Like, let's be honest, at Clash of Castles, if if that if they took Soku out of the uh, the, the Usos' younger brother out of the mix and they just had said, Drew, you're going to beat Roman and like that, if that happens, that they would have blew the roof. And I, they would hear the roof off the building. They might have. Because it would have exploded that night. Because they were as soon as he hit that spear, the crowd was ready for Drew that night to win that belt. And I honestly thought when I saw the dream, the broken dreams vignette before he walked out, and I saw the way the crowd was, I said, "This is it. If they want, they call an audible here. Do it. I ain't mad at him for it. I'm a big Drew McIntyre fan. I'm excited to see what him and Cross do that strap match with rules. And also, I will be reviewing stream rules as well. And I'm looking forward to that. Now let's talk about um, War Games and Survivor Series. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I think having two, having a women's and a men's one kind of gimmicks it down a little bit. It's not like the Royal Rumble where you have, you know, it makes sense. The War Games was a special match where it was blood feud and bloodshed and it was violence. People know what I'm talking about. If you're going to do anything to the War Games, put a top on the cage. Put a roof on top of it and just have fun with it. And also, I think... You know, Triple H is not a big fan of blood. Came about go back in time. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes a little bit of blood is not bad. Too much blood is really bad. But if you can find that fine line and walk it, it makes perfect sense. Not like what John Moxley does on AEW where he almost bleeds in every fucking match. I think John's gone like three weeks without bleeding in a match. Good job, John. I'm going to talk about AEW in a minute. They're bullshit. But I think it's, you know, I like what Triple H is doing. I am extremely excited for Survivor Series. It's now going to be, it's going to be story-driven. It's not going to be Raw versus SmackDown, which is so outplayed. This is just be Survivor Series. So, and I saw people, some people online, well, you know, WWE is just ripping off, you know, Dusty Rhodes' creation and going to have War Games on there. Well, what's AEW doing with Blood and Guts? Well, it's a different concept. No, it's not the same fucking thing. It's the same thing. Shut up. People steal people's, you know, you steal from one person's pleasure and you steal from many it's research. Like, shut up, y'all. And I just stole that from Jim Cornette, by the way. Goddamn. Anyway, so I do think that I like what he's doing, what Hunter's doing. He's doing a hell of a job. And every week on Raw, and, and especially Raw, SmackDown is pretty damn good, to be honest with you. SmackDown's almost damn near, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10 every week, it's between a, like an 8 and an 8.5 every week. It's so good. Like, it's, it's, it's that. Raw has been dreaded for three hours, but every week we're seeing little by little thing after thing after thing after thing we're like that's great that's great that's great oh my god oh my god everybody we're getting excited now i believe they need to go i know their their usa is paying them a shit ton of money to be three hours i think they need to go to two hours i think that's the perfect opportunity to go to two hours now i will say also that um you know they're in a situation where you know the women's you know you know that they're given their brawls basically being dominated by two heel factions uh, there's a damage damage control with Bailey, uh, Eo Sky, and uh, Dakota Kai, Eo Shirai for people. And Judgment Day, which I'm a fan of. You got Dominic Mysterio, which and he needed fresco paint. Finn Balor, who's been around for a while. Rhea Ripley, who is money, and Damian Priest, who I think is money. They're given they're they're dominated by heel groups. And then on SmackDown, it's the Bloodline. So you've got both your main programs are building heat, and you're getting fresh young babyface superstars, which is the way you you build programs. Well, pro, that's how you build pro, pro wrestling. It's like the old Memphis analogy. Jerry Lawler would wrestle, let's say, for example, Kamala. He's going to work with Kamala. Kamala comes in, he smashes Lawler off in the Mid-South Coliseum, 
and then you bring him on TV and he works a different style. Or for or like you can do this. Say Jimmy Valiant, you're gonna work a heel Jimmy Valiant. Jimmy Valiant's gonna come in and he's teaming with Lawler and he may he turns on Lawler or he they have a big fight on the brawl on television. Then they go to the Mid-South Coliseum, they do a double DQ, or they do something where Lawler gets screwed, and then Lawler, they do an angle on TV where they take Lawler out for two or three weeks, Jimmy builds a little bit up, and then by the about a month or six weeks later, Lawler comes back, and they have the, the grudge match of the, the grudge match of the year, they used to call. The grudge match of the year, and then they beat the hell out of each other. Maybe Lawler gets a, is a DQ finish, or Lawler gets fucked, or something like that, and then find a third match, Lawler finally gets his win. That's how you build up baby faces. And I think WWE is doing that right now because when Roman drops some titles, it will be a pop that you will. It will be a huge pop. And I think the three guys, the two guys, I'm thinking they're it, it's plausible that they're going to go with Cody Rhodes or Karrion Cross. The two guys I think they're going to do it. Braun Strowman may happen, but I don't think so. It's possible. But those three guys I think are the guys you'll see Roman's next challengers because. War games, and oh, by the way, I I want to stop right here. What Triple H has done with Kevin Owens on Raw, I'm I am not the biggest Kevin Owens fan. I have been ecstatically, I have never been, but I have been ecstatic at what he's done with Kevin, what he's done with Kevin Owens, his what he, his promos, cutting down the shit he did with McIntyre a couple about six weeks ago or four weeks ago, where it was. That that was money. That was, you can tell those two guys were pro wrestlers and they were fucking passionate about what they done, what they're doing. I love that. I also have loved what the US and the IC titles have gotten more prestige with Lashley and main event matches on TV. I think him and AJ Styles went 20 minutes about six weeks ago and they tore the house down. Him and Rollins there and I and Raw was really good. But let's talk about Gunther and Sheamus. The the match they had at Class of the Castle where they beat the hell out of each other. They're gonna they're gonna have a rematch on the season premiere of SmackDown, I think, and I have my—I'll be at work tonight, but I will have my television recorded for that because it will be a barn burner. Because that's my—I mean, they're—they're they're working snug and they're hurting each other, but they're not killing each other. Like, there's a difference from working snug and stiff. They were snug, like the Nasty Boys are one of my favorite tag teams of all the time. But they were stiff. They beat the hell out of you. Or Vader, God rest his soul, Vader would beat the hell out of you. He was stiff. Walter is snug. But he's not gonna. He's you're gonna get bruised up, but he's gonna make sure he's gonna protect you. Where, guess what? I'm working hard. It's pro wrestling, but I'm not gonna make. Sure, I'm gonna make sure you can go home to your family tonight and you can walk. Like you know what I mean? It's one of those things. So WWE, in my opinion, they're in a great position. Um, it seems like they're doing things the way that Triple H is a fan, and he sees things as a fan where we're happy, and I'm just ecstatic with that. And I am God. I'm so I never thought in. If you told me by January when I left the Royal Rumble in St. Louis when I went to that, and you thought that I thought we would you fast forward to almost October, uh, almost October, that we were going to have pro wrestling was going to change, Twitch was going to be running things, that Stephanie was in charge, and you got Nick Khan who's going to work his magic the way it is. And I've been very skeptical of Nick Khan, and I didn't trust him, but I like what he, I, I think a lot of those firings and shit was John Laurinaitis, who was a complete fucking tool, and I hope we never see him again. Just go retire and live off in the sunset. And Vince, who I am thankful for, for all the great memories he gave us on television. But let's be honest, he killed wrestling. He killed wrestling for a long time because of killing the territories and it was harder. And the WCW was non-competitive because Jim Hurd. And then they get they Bischoff strikes an idea of doing an invasion angle that gets over and pays guys well. And Vince has got to buck knuckle up and change his times. 
And then Vince Russo, who got exposed going to WCW, can't book. He needs an editor. He can book, but he needs an editor. And look what happens. So overall, WWE is in a position, first time in 20 years, where everybody's talking about it in a good way. Like, you see what happened on Raw the other night? Like, man, they're doing things differently. They're turning the house down. SmackDown, man. Roman Reigns, is he's the man. Sami Zayn, who I'm not a big fan of. Let me tell you, that shit with him in the bloodline is gold, man. <laughs> this shit's gold. Yeah, and the Usos are looking like the best tag team in the world. So, I like what they're doing. Now, let's talk about AEW and their fucking drama right now. I watched both the, the both Grand Slam shows. First off, can you taped Dynamite Grand Slam. You taped it. A, a Rampage Grand Slam. The right for Dynamite. Do me a favor, AEW. Just book it on a Friday night. People will pay and uh, to charge separate sets. You can do that. Because you could tell by the end of Grand Slam, um, end of Rampage Grand Slam, the Friday night show, people were tired. And they edited the crowd. It was just dud. Um, there's been some reports now that uh, CM Punk. You know, I'll talk about that a little bit. Look back. I thought Dynamite Grand Slam was a good show. Not as good as the first one as last year. But you know, always the first time for everything's always better than the second or third, usually. The first movie's always better than the sequel, they say sometimes. 90% of them are. Um, I just putting the belt on Moxley for the third time I'm not very fondish of that I know they're going to put that belt on MJF which it belongs they need the belt AEW needs a strong heel to win the world title They need a, and MJF's the guy for that they're going to put that belt on him and they're going to run with that and that's going to make me extremely extremely happy with that because if anybody knows me I'm a huge MJF fan I have not. I've been on this show before, and I say that I am a huge fan of Wardlow, and I have not liked their booking of him since he's gotten away from MJF. I want Wardlow killing guys. I want Wardlow kicking guys' ass more often. I don't want him power bombing twenty five fucking security guards and work with smart Mark Sterling, who's a horrible attorney. Good work in the ring, but a horrible attorney. I do not want. You know, I don't want him. I'm tired of him and Jay Lethal and everything else. By the way, you brought Jay Lethal in. How many times has he gotten beat? What the fuck are you doing? God, man. Tony Khan, his booking makes me scratch my fucking head sometimes. And I'm just, ugh, fed up with that crap. Like, man. Now, the tag team division, they got the belts off of Swerving Glory and got them on the acclaim. You know, I was on my previous podcast shooting the shit. And I told my uh, one of my dearest friends, my editor, Price Johnson, I said, the claim can be a babyface. He goes, how? They've never been a babyface. I said, they're a babyface tag team. Called that one, and they're over, man. They've gotten over. They tore the house down at um, tore the house down at All Out in Chicago. I thought for sure they were winning the belts that night, but the, the winning them in Grand Slam, I think you, you saw the future was going on. Um, I also think that um, the whole CM Punk and Young Bucks and Kenny Omega thing, I think... Tony Khan's doing the right thing with that. Keeping it, you know, he's doing the right thing. He finally addressed it, you know. And then I read online yesterday that Punk, or over the weekend, that Punk's uh, will maybe a contract buyout. He may not return again. I've said before that I was on CM Punk's side when this whole thing went down and how he addressed it. I get it. I'm fine with that. But then I had a couple weeks to think about it. The more and more I think about it, Tony Khan, in my opinion, has let this shit get out of hand. And I think he's, he's starting to address it. 
You let Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks leak information that had Adam Page go on national TV act like a jackass, and look what happened. And now, I watched Grand Slam the other night, or Rampage, I think it was, and Page is now the number one contender for the world title. He gets a future world title shot. Why is Adam Page still, why was Adam Page suspended in the first place? I'll never understand. But everybody's in uproar about Punk calling out Page on national television and burying him, right? Adam Page is 25, 26 years old. He got time to recover from that. He's the one that made himself look like an ass in the first place when they went face-to-face before Double or Nothing with Page because he couldn't talk because he gets, because Page can't talk. You got a bunch of guys in there starting shit and nitpicking. First off, Kenny Omega's days of being the guy are over. He was never the guy. In Japan, he was never the guy. It was always Akata and Tanahashi. I mean, Kenny Omega can't. Kenny Omega is one of those guys that everybody loves because he does fourteen different flips and he, he talks. But let's be honest, he's a solid talker. He's not the best talker, and he sounds like a whiny little bitch when he opens his mouth. Sometimes, the Young Bucks are a good tag team, but are they bearing FTR? No. Are they bearing the Usos? No. Are they bearing the Briscoe Brothers? No. I'm not so sure they're better than fucking. You know, there's some tag teams out there that don't get the recognition they deserve. They're not bearing the most shitty machine guns. They're not bearing the Lucha Brothers. Well, I'll take that back. I'm not the biggest Lucha Brothers fan in the world, but they're good. I will also, but it's just Tony Khan started this thing in 2019. We were so happy. And then COVID happened, and we thought, my God, this may be the end of AEW. And they made it through COVID. They made it through it. They made it through it. They made it through it. Then they started signing WWE guys, former guys. They brought Malachi Black in. I thought the way they brought him in, it was excellent. But after the Cody feud, what happened? They they squashed that. Malachi Black, in my opinion, you will probably never see him on AEW again. After I read that statement he did last week. I'm going to pull this up. The Malachi Black. Um, I'm going to pull this statement he had. This is what he posted on his um actually I'm gonna go to his I actually follow him on his Instagram. Why did I even think about that? I follow him on my Instagram. Because I actually run Malachi Black fam. I'm gonna talk about this. Here we go. All first, thankfully for all your messages, knowing that they are being read and appreciated with the turmoil going on the the landscape of professional risk. I took the time to think of my words, but also need to wait until the conversation between mine and AEW's camp had, had came to a conclusion. First, I Okay, I'm going to stop right there. So he's being very, you know, he's being very well thought. You can tell this is from him. You can tell this is from him. This ain't a PR statement or his wife making this. I, you can tell us this is this is him. Firstly, I dislike reading parts of my private conversations between myself and AW in regards to my mental well-being on the internet. Hey, Uncle Dave Meltzer, stop leaking shit when it comes to personal shit. See, that's why I can't stand. There are guys out there that are wrestling journalists, and I use the quotation line because it's no such thing. Guys like Meltzer and Wade Keller are can't, and, and those guys are like cancers. They cause shit all the time. And Dave used to report shit that used to be, he is hearing this, this is what's going on. And he said, This is what I heard, I was told, I don't know it's fact. Now he's reporting shit as fact because he's, he's a mark for these guys. Favoritism as hell. You know, he's only given WWE in his five star match rating. I think he's only given four or five and five stars over the whole time period. But Jesus Christ, Will Ospreay goes out there and has a match with a broomstick, it's a five star match. Dave Meltzer, guys, if you're a fan of him, please pay attention to that. He's very, very fucking biased. Anyway, 
regards to my mental well-being on the internet, these conversations were private and not meant to be shared with the public. As by now, most people realize I am a very private person. Do not feel the need to have my stuff like this be on the internet. If you have been following me for long than a cup of coffee, you are aware I have been spoken about them prior, but would like to be one to sign when this finds its way public and not through someone else's mouth. As anything through the lips of someone else, the story gets distorted. Secondly, to be in line above this, they also content. I did indeed ask my release. The last two years of my life have been lended to a lot of setbacks. Both me and my wife have been affected by uncontrolled actions on the outside. COVID and releases, I guarantee is what he means by that. That resulted in the loss of a life, medical setbacks, career jeopardizing, the suicide of a close friend. God bless you, man, because that, that, that's the worst feeling in the world. Because trust me, mental health is important, guys, and suicidal. From coming from a guy like me who has dealt with depression and anxiety and had had and has had these issues, you know, I feel for him because I really I read this, I'm reading this, and I just I, I'm just not in my head like I feel you, Malachi, because I deal with this shit too. And a close friend member also losing their life, almost losing their life. Excuse me, didn't experience an injury that was in my career because remember he was in the black suits. He really wasn't working a lot. He was hurt. I spend every week going through the several sessions of rehab, dry needling and therapy. God, that sounds painful. Just to be able to walk and compete. Now, this being the tip of the iceberg with combination of my promises and my professional field that were not upheld as a result of combination of all these complete demoralizing my of my of life and career. This decision has been in my mind for the past six months. So no wonder the the house of black started faltering. Because that thing could have been massive. And Tony Khan pushed it aside for everything else, in my opinion. It's really been hard to put a middle, uh, put a finger, excuse me, in this. Said this is in quotations. This was the moment it all went wrong. But I can tell you, after many years, that I have learned from a rational point of view to see when I hit the brakes, which was that is perhaps once my mind sells on certain things and processes the last two years a bit, I will convoy a. A, a very different platform that written out what exactly where happened where that happened and have a more informed conversation about them for now I, that I am good and I'm talk I'm taking for the first time in 20 years a few months to recalibrate the last two decades of my life good for you Malachi lastly I read I have read a few narratives online in regards to my release mental health and my personal life that I cannot summarize swiftly if it didn't come for me it didn't happen stuff about conditional reasons stuff in my marriage or using and said mental health to my leverage and the other when i said before that part wasn't even going to be part of the public conversation are false my marriage is fine i am fine it's just time to make sure some things stay away once again i appreciate your support and we will see each other soon enough mb malachi black well, no, I highly will suggest this. Malachi Black will not be back on AEW programming. Malachi Black will be back as Aleister Black in WWE before you know it. Because Buddy Matthews, a.k.a. Uh, Buddy Murphy, he is not reportedly happy. So WWE probably used him right. Because let's be honest, those two guys were featured heavily because of Triple H. Paul Heyman was a big fan of, Alice, of, of Malachi's too. If it wasn't for if it wasn't going to be Drew McIntyre 2020, uh he wanted he wanted to go with Alistair Black. He thought Alistair was believable because of his background and Muay Thai and shit. It would have been cool. So those those guys come available, and they're able to grab them. Triple H, bring them the money in because they're you bring those guys in, they can work. Buddy Matt, and I've never realized how good Buddy Matthews is in the ring, and that's my fault. That dude is super fucking talented. Really like it, but it is what it is. So plain and simple, AEW. 
You know, it just feels weird because Dynamite. And also, I want to talk about my girl Paige Sahara debuting in AEW. Congratulations to her. Hope your next day is up well. You, you got a hell of a pop. Um, it's nice to see that if anybody can get that women's division rolling, get it more talked about, it's her. So, hopefully that works out. So, overall, AEW has just got a lot of shit going on right now, guys. I hope they get it together because Tony Khan's got a situation. I said in previous, either you get this in line or you're going to fuck this up for everybody. So whatever. Also, I want to give a shout out to my boy Action Bronson. Big fan of his music, by the way. Did really well in the ring with Hook the other night. Big fan of Hook as well. Like the like the AEW has a lot of great talent. I just want things to make sense. That's all. One last thing before I close the show, we got to talk about the White Rabbit. I've listened to that song over the weekend by Jefferson's Airplane. It's a great song. All these rumors that it's cross with a new gimmick. It's this guy. It's that guy. We all know who it is. It's Bray Wyatt. The moment that man shows up, and you go back and look at the Extreme Rules poster, in the background, there's a lantern and fireflies. Don't be surprised in Philadelphia the lights come out and Bray Wyatt shows back up because if he does show up, it's going to be one of the loudest ovations we've heard. The whole CM Punk, and I'm going to close with a CM Punk, uh, well, I have thoughts on the whole CM Punk and the contract buyout, but I'm going to close with this, the White Rabbit and the Punk thing. Plain and simple. If CM Punk, I mean, sorry, the White Rabbit... He doesn't regret having a collaboration with Beyonce. That was Alexa. I don't know why that went off. Apologize for that. <laughs> but I will say this. Bray Wyatt shows up. He's a guy that everybody misses, including me. I'm a huge Bray Wyatt fan. Hell, I've been following Bray Wyatt since that character was down at SCW. I started seeing like, that's Husky Harris. What's he doing? Something new. I thought the Fiend thing was really fucking cool. I still think it's cool. I still think that shit's money. The look, the mask, everything about it. Vince butchered it with his fucking booking and shit. And there's been rumors about Alexa Bliss going back to the dark side too. They put those two back together. Things can be interesting. Or maybe we'll see Bray come back and lay Alexa Bliss out and put a little steam on him. Because let's be honest, Bray comes back, who's he going to work with? It's interesting. Bray shows up within the next three to five months. It's on, I think, Survivor Series earliest probably. Extreme Rules either. We can see him after Mania in that timeline. Bray Wyatt's coming back. And I can't wait. I will be the first one following the Buzzards that night, y'all. Now let's talk about CM Punk and the contract buyout. If that is true, it's one of the most disappointing things in the history of pro wrestling. This guy showed up at the last dance in Chicago at the, at the United Center. The nicest arena I've ever been in, by the way. Because I went to the, the Forbidden Door show back in July or June. Whatever it was. If Punk is gone after this, we'll never see Punk in the ring again. He ain't going to WWE. He won't. He he won't. He's one of those guys that will swallow that pill till it's it's done. And I'm one of those guys where I'm just like, you know what, dude? It is what it is. You had a hell of a run. So in my opinion, plain and simple, Punk don't show up. If he, if he wants to come back, good for him. Because he's got an unfinished business. I think he can do well. If he doesn't want to come back, I'm tired of it. Punk should have handled that in a different way. I think now looking at hindsight, he went off the way he did. It could have been addressed differently without the cuss words and the bombs and shit like that. Kevin Nash had the best quote about it. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You're tired. You're 42 years old. Punk's one of those guys, if it, only, if it, if it works for him, it's fine for everybody. If it doesn't work for him, if it works for everybody else, it's a problem. It, that, that's my biggest issue with Punk. It's always been an issue with Punk. And at this time, I was starting to get Punk, his stuff he was doing on AEW with, with MJF and shit, everything was working. 
But overall, though, I'm just sick of it. And I think if he goes, he goes. If he comes, he comes. Enough of the back and forth shit. But anyway, guys, that's we're going to conclude this episode. It will be dropping either Thursday or Friday this week. I'm looking forward for y'all listening and checking out. Just remember, y'all, I don't bullshit. I just keep it. I just say it like, oh, sorry. I messed up saying it. Y'all have a great one. I'll fix that next week. <laughs>